Welcome to the Bedford First Assembly of God podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's message. We'd love to hear what God is doing through this ministry. If you have a story to share, send us an email at connect at bedfordfirstag.org. Also, feel free to visit our website at bedfordfirstag.org. You can view the live stream of our services and find out more about our church. Thanks for listening. Uh, This morning we're talking about the condition of the raptured church. Amen. The condition of the raptured church. Uh, And again, I did not tell the praise team what I was preaching on, but they were singing about revival this morning. They They were singing about how good God is, and I have to tell you, God is an incredible God this morning. Amen? He loves you and cares for you. So anyway, we're going to talk about this condition because I believe that Jesus is coming. Anybody with me? I believe that Jesus is coming. (laughs) I really do. And you say, well, I've been hearing that for uh, all my life. Well, it's closer then. (laughs) I've been hearing this uh, in the Bible for 2,000 years. Well, then it's closer then. So it, it is at the time for our Lord to come. Matter of fact, there was a, there's been some great uh, evangelists and pastors and teachers from years gone by that was actually asked that. Uh, Do you believe Jesus could come in your lifetime? And their answer was, no. I don't believe Jesus could come in my lifetime. It was because, uh, you know, different things they saw in prophecy wasn't uh, sort of getting fulfilled and, you know, all these different things. And uh, so they said, no, I think it's left to another generation down the road for Jesus to come. But as I look around the world right now, I don't see much of anything that, uh, that needs to be fulfilled in order for Jesus to come. I... Uh, <laughs> I uh, went back and found uh, years ago the sound uh, of dial-up internet. Anybody remember the dial-up internet? (laughs) Then you finally get online a half hour later. Uh, And and, and I could just imagine the mark of the beast with with, uh, uh, dial-up. You're going through to pay for your bills. Swipe your hand. Half hour later, you paid. Couldn't have happened years ago, but it could now with the high speed and that kind of stuff. So anyway, what is the condition of the church at this end time? I mean, uh, we've heard forever and ever and ever that, uh, you know, the world is going to get tough. It's going to get really, really difficult at the end time, and it is. But that doesn't affect what the church has to be. The church can be what the church needs to be. I want to go to some, this is my very, 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 very favorite uh, scripture. And if you've been around me at any time, you will know that this is one of my favorites. 1 John chapter 3. Somehow, let's go back one. You guys are mad at me up there, aren't you? There it is. Hey, I knew it was there. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Dear friends, now at this very moment we are children of God. And what we will be has not yet been made known except to our sister that just passed, and then she knows. But we know that when Christ appears, 
we will be like him, for we will see him as he is. All who have this hope in him purifies themselves just as he is pure. I want to read another portion of scripture. It is, they're mad at me again. First Thessalonians, I'm not going to read this at no funeral this week, but this is generally used in funerals. Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed or ignorant, as the, as the King James says, about those who sleep in death, so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. After that... According to the Lord's own word, I'm going to let you do it. I'm going to put my changer down, my thing down. According to the Lord's own word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left till, until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not proceed those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, with a trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we that are alive and that are left, we would be caught up together in a rapture, if you will, together in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. In the Word of God, I will tell you right now, their word rapture does not exist. The word rapture is not there. But the ideal of being caught away is there. The catching away of Christians uh, uh, at, at a certain time in the future, uh, and I think it'll be sooner than later, uh, it is going to change everything on this earth. We're going to go to be with the Lord in the air, and we'll spend uh, the time there in, in heaven and then eventually come back down and, and, and be down here for a thousand-year reign of our Lord uh, but somehow, I remember as I grew up in church, uh, especially, and, and if you've been in church while I've been here it, many years ago, you'll hear me say this. I heard uh, Sister So-and-so and Brother So-and-so, they would stand up on Wednesday night, because Wednesday night we always had testimony service. And so they would stand up during testimony service, and they would say, Oh, my goodness, I barely made it here tonight. Satan had a hold of my leg as I was dragging in the church and, and he couldn't come in because God's in here so he had to let go and, and I don't know if I'm going to make it to another Sunday or Wednesday because Satan is so tough. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. The gates of hell itself, we shouldn't be coming in here on a Wednesday or a Sunday hoping that somehow we're going to make it to the next Wednesday or Sunday, that we're barely going to make it through this thing called life. Uh, if we hang on long enough, uh, that somehow we'll make it to heaven. That is not the picture of the church before the rapture takes place. And you and I need to be a part of this incredible, incredible uh, revival that takes place. They sing about a revival. And I know for a fact 
that in the last days, two things simultaneously is going to happen. First of all, there's going to be a great falling away. Read your Bible. In the last days, there'll be great falling away from the faith and and from God, and, and the world will get worse and worse and worse. But the fact of the matter is, they said, in the last days, God will pour out of his Spirit on all flesh. His sons and daughters and grandmas and grandpas, they'll do a variety of things and prophecy and dreams and all of that. And we will be a church without spot, wrinkle, or blemish in the last days. We will have a revival. And the decision to have uh, be in the revival or in the falling away has nothing to do with God. It has to do with each and every one of us determining in our own mind what we want to be a part of. So again, these two great movements that's going to take place uh, are, are, are just staring us in the face. And we, uh, we sometimes just get afraid to preach the word. We get afraid of saying what needs to be said in these last days. And so we sort of pull back and, well, you know, we better not say certain things from the pulpit. I don't know that I've ever been known for not saying too much from the pulpit. Uh, you and I need to be in the last day revival. Whether that is us in an underground church somewhere where the world has come crazy or we're filling this place with people hungry for God. As I told you last week, uh, uh, numbers is not about numbers. Numbers is about souls. Numbers is about people that need Christ. Uh, Numbers is about families that need healing. Uh, Numbers is about people that need bodily healing. Numbers is important uh, because God wants to save souls. And so we have this ideal that, well, I can be a part of the falling away church, and I can be a part of the church that says, you know, we, we want to be politically correct, so we have to watch what we say and do, or we can be a part of that second great movement, a Holy Ghost Spirit-filled church, a soul-winning church, a signs and wonders church, how many, how many would be honest with me today and say, we do not see enough signs and wonders? My hand is way up. God wants to, think about this for a minute. When Jesus walked on this earth, yeah, there were still people that died. I, I hope you know that in the Bible. Uh, he didn't heal everybody. Uh, he healed the people that God told, his father told him to go heal. He, he raised the dead of the people that his father told him to go do. So he was only doing what his father told him to do. And so you know, there were people that died. I know that. But the fact of the matter is we have a revival that is coming. And we can, we can start counting on signs and wonders. Because when Jesus did a sign and a wonder, raise the dead, heal the sick, all these things... Generally speaking, uh, the word of God came that this happened so that God would be glorified. It's not about you and I being glorified by healings or deliverances or, or, or demons being driven out or, or God doing a great work in some way, shape, or form. It's not about us getting pats on the back. It's about glorifying God in heaven. And I believe that we need that to happen in our midst. It's the truth. 
In my lifetime, as in your, many of yours, I've seen miracles take place. I haven't seen enough miracles lately as I would like to see. But I believe that God still does miracles. God still does healings. And you say, but pastor, uh, you know, 20 people come up for a prayer of healing and, and, and most of them go back unhealed. What's God doing? I don't know. I'm in conversation with him right now about it. You might as well be. God, what's going on? And he might tell you something that you need to know uh, about how this all works. But each congregation must make a daily decision whether I'm going to have a revival or I'm not because what we can do is in this day of politically correctness and and you know you shouldn't wait, make waves uh, we can decide just to cool off calm down uh, go along with the flow uh, don't ruffle any feathers don't get all carried away we don't want people calling us too intolerant or radical or anything else I want people to say that I'm radical for Jesus I don't want to be intolerant of anyone, but I want to share the Word of God as it is written. And as you and I start doing that and start getting concerned that the Word of God is going out, whether it's popular or not, we'll see lives changed. And you say, well, do that, Pastor. You preach until uh, Pastor Chris gets here and you, you, know, you do that. Uh, well, you do that, too. It's about every one of us. It's about every one of us, wherever we are at, wherever we live, wherever we roam, coming to a place where we say, look, uh, it, 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 it's, it's wonderful to see God work in our midst. There, there was a scripture in, in Acts chapter 17. I love this scripture. And uh, there's a bunch of people uh, standing off to the side, and, and the disciples are starting to go into their, their, their area. And here's what they say. This is a little portion of uh, Acts 17, 6. These that have turned the world upside down are coming here also. They weren't saying that with joy. They were going, oh, no. This group that has turned the world upside down, they're coming here also. And when they come here, they're going to turn our world upside down. Oh, no. That is the context. Uh, matter of fact, they were uh, accused on the day of Pentecost of being drunk. Uh, you know, what in the world's wrong with you all? And, and, and we've come to this place, especially, you know, in Pentecost and churches and things, that we want to just cool it down a little bit. Uh, and I've told you over and over and over again that as I grew in, uh, up in church uh, uh, and I would invite my friends to come to church, I would, I told you last week, I would pray, oh God, please let this be a sane service. Because old Pentecost was pretty wild sometimes. And I would say, God, please, not today. <laughs> And so sometimes it was and sometimes it wasn't good. But can we be that church and that people that the world will say, oh, that church over there has turned their world upside down. They're coming this way now. Oh, no, we better be careful. Wouldn't that be a reputation that every one of us would love to have? 
I don't want people running from me. I don't want people thinking I'm crazy. I don't want people, you know, all that. But I would love to have a reputation as a church, as a pastor, as individuals that, oh, no, they're coming our way. And everywhere they went, they've turned their world upside down. Souls have been saved. Lives have been changed. That is the reputation that the church in general needs. But that's not quite how it goes in our day and our age. The early church had a steady stream of signs and wonders. And, and see, one of those people that Jesus did not heal, did not do anything for, was the lame man at the gate beautiful. Uh, read it yourself. How many times did Jesus go in and out of the gate beautiful? All the time. He was there at the temple all the time. But there was a man sitting there for years and years and years and years and years that Jesus passed all the time going into the temple. He was never healed. But here comes Peter and John along. <laughs> After the day of Pentecost, silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give to you. Rise up and walk. That was the start of a, of a revival. And, 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 you know, he, he jumps up and he starts dancing and running and carrying on. The, the religious leaders want to go, who did this? And how did they do it? And, of course, it was on Sunday. Can't do things on Sunday. And so everybody gets in trouble. But I want to tell you, I want to be a person that causes the devil especially a little trouble. How about this church? How about you? You find out that... Uh, Peter was imprisoned, and they said, uh, the people, you know, we, we need to pray for Peter. He, he's imprisoned. God sends an angel. <laughs> Can you imagine? Angel pops up, hi, how you doing? You know, I don't know how they sound. Hey, hey what's going on? I think they say, hey, what's going on? You know, and, uh, and they, they, you know, they open the doors, and he runs out, and, and they go uh, all, the way, all the way back where the disciples are meeting, and all the people are there praying for him. He, they, you know, they're all pounding their arms, hey, we're here. Well, they were terrified because they didn't think their prayers were really working. Have you ever prayed, and you think, well, nothing's happening. What if the person you're praying for shows up at your door knocking and says, I'm healed. Well, I didn't realize that actually worked. I, I was just going through some motion. I, I was just going through some stuff. But we need to understand that the early church was founded on miracles. So what would happen? So that the people would recognize that God was in the house. That God was in the house. All it would take, uh, you know... I, I, I've talked about Ananias and Sapphira from time to time. You know, they come into uh, the leadership uh, there in the church, and, and did you sell your property for uh, so much, some money? Yeah, yeah, that's what we did. Husband falls over first dead. Uh, the wife comes in, tells the same lie. She falls over dead. They take them out and bury them. <laughs> you know, and, and I'm thinking, wonder what would happen in the church if a couple people died right in the pulpit uh, because they lied to the Holy Spirit. Either the place would be empty or everybody would go, whoa, let's get in there and get our lives straight. So I don't know what would happen nowadays, but they lied to God and they lied to the leadership and died right there on the spot. It was amazing that the power of God was so evident that the people that didn't even know them were going, man, you got to watch out for this church got to watch out for these people. They're God's people. They're Christians serving the Lord. 
we have become so conscious sometimes of our standing in society. And uh, we just need to preach, teach boldly. We need to do biblical before the people of this world and uh, make the gospel a priority for each and every one of us. The rapture of the church will be looking up at the last days. Man, a church that is looking for him is a church that's looking upward. You say, when was the last time you really expected Jesus to come? Now, John says that if we believe that Jesus is coming, then we will purify ourselves as he is pure. I read it to you in the scriptures as we started. If you really believe that Jesus would be coming in the next few moments, we might, I mean, you might be so in tune with the Lord and so, you know, where you're supposed to be that that would be fine. You wouldn't have to do anything special. But I would imagine if everybody knew that Jesus was coming in the next couple moments, this place might be filled. They might tell me to shut up and they're going to come pray. And the altars will be filled with people saying, Lord, you know, uh, touch me, forgive me, help me call somebody, let me witness to somebody. But Jesus is going to come someday at that point. Uh, you're going to hear the voice of the archangel, the trumpet call of God, and we're going to get out of here. And he's not coming for a sissy church that's almost on the verge of collapse. Anybody ever hear the song, and here I go back a few years, uh, Hold the Fort for I Am Coming, it's in the hymnal. Hold the fort for I am coming. Uh, we signal back to the Lord because Satan is kicking down our doors. Uh, he's taking his cottage. He's destroying the church. But that's not what the Scripture says. Scripture says that Satan is hiding in his compound. And we are busting down his door and taking people that should be in the kingdom of, of heaven and setting them free so that they may serve God as we are. We should be a church in the last days that have a mindset that Jesus might come today. If we really believe that, it would revolutionize our thinking, our way of living, our worship, our witness. Everything about us would be changed if we really and truly believed that Jesus is coming in the next few moments. I'm guilty, same as everybody. For me to really think that he's going to come two seconds from now just doesn't register in my mind. That I won't come to church tomorrow, that I won't have a, a funeral uh, Tuesday. I, I, that, those things, because uh, we always plan our days for the future, and we go, okay, we're, we got this uh, in the future. Well, I don't know. Do not love the world or anything in the world, John says. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, and it lists three things, lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, they don't come from the Father. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. We are told in the last days to occupy until I come. That's in Luke 19, 13. Occupy till I come. 
Occupy means uh, it's sort of a military sense that where you, you've, give, you've been given a, a piece of land or a city or whatever, you're going to occupy that thing. And you're going to take control of that thing. That's a, sort of a military term. But the fact of is, the Lord says, all of this world that we live in, we need to occupy it until He comes. We need to try our best to control what's going on through our prayers and our, our witness. Uh, we, we need to be bold in our speaking for the Lord. And, and I, I have to tell you, if you're witnessing to a neighbor or a person in this, uh, in this, in this town, you need to do it with love because they can know the difference. If you're looking down upon them, you're condemning them, they'll know that's how you're feeling towards them. But you know what? I have good news and bad news. The bad news is we were all sinners. We were all on our way to hell. But now if you're, if you're a Christian, you're going to heaven. Jesus loves you and cares for you. So again, they're no different than what we were and sometimes still are. Come on. No different than what we were. And so as we address the world and there's the, the sin and, the, and all the junk out there, uh, we go, wow, I've never been that way before. Well, you were a sinner and you were headed to hell. Now you're headed to Jesus and you just need to chill out with people. Love them and tell them the good news. Jesus died on the cross for their sin. And let him draw them to the kingdom. Amen? Amen. Let's bow our heads this morning. If you're here this morning and you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you have never, ever said, Lord, come into my life, you're not a good person, or you're not a Christian, I should say. You're not a Christian because you come to church. You're not a Christian because you give money to uh, the church. You're not a Christian because you don't do bad things. You're a Christian whenever you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And that's possible for any person on the face of the earth to turn and receive Christ. By an upraised hand, you say, Pastor, I need Jesus, maybe for the first time, or a rededication of my heart to the Lord, very, very quickly, where I'm not going to beg for the Lord. I just want to see if anybody has a sense that the Lord is drawing them to an altar for salvation this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. As always, I'd like to have the, the guys come, get girls come that's going to pray for people, the elders and I just want to give you an opportunity. God can do miracles. He has done miracles. He will do miracles. And if you're here today and you have something you need an answer to, it may not be healing, I don't know, may not have anything to do with sin, but you say, you know, I, I, I have a need this morning that, that I need God to work out for me. You're welcome to come. The brothers and sisters will, will, will anoint you. They'll pray the prayer of faith, and God will do something to give you an answer. If you're here and you do need physical healing, well, I want you to stand and come. It's okay. So as the praise team leads us in whatever song they would like to lead us into, we're just going to give a few moments that you can have an opportunity to be prayed for. Anybody, very quickly, just stand and come. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We're just going to wait for a few moments. Father, we love you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. There's a few coming. We're just going to wait for a few moments. Thank you, Lord. Anybody else, very quickly.
Thank you, Lord. Just going to give it a few moments. Father, we love you this morning. Thank you, Lord God, for your mercy, your grace, your love. Thank you, Lord God, that the end-time church is not destroyed in any way, shape, or form. But, Lord God, the last-day church is a powerful church. Preaching your word, teaching your word, loving people. Lord God, seeing signs and wonders in our midst. It is not a thing of the past. It's a thing for right now. Lord God, bless this people minister to every need they have. Now, Lord God, as we get ready to leave this morning, go with us, bless us, touch us. Now, Lord God, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. You need to tell somebody you love them. Give somebody a handshake, a hug around the neck as you're leaving. 
God bless you. It's been good to have you in the house of the Lord.